Hello, welcome to the Day Day Podcast where we talk all things basketball, wrestling, and other things if we want to. Again, we're experimenting with the intros. Uh, I still don't have a licensed intro yet, so it's fine. It's It's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine. But today, on today's episode, we'll be talking about the remaining free agents of free agency and uh wrestling updates because there's been a lot of wrestling updates over the past two weeks and yeah uh but before that let's uh, let's get right into nba updates some nba updates a little bit first off uh alfred payton has signed with the phoenix suns i believe uh it's uh i don't know how much i forgot how much uh I think it didn't state how much. Yeah, it didn't state how much. But it's fine. Um, that's an okay uh, role player for garbage time, basically, for the Phoenix Suns. If they want to rest uh, Chris Paul and Cameron Payne, you know, if the game's over, you can put an Alfred Payton there and, you know, gives him, give him some minutes. And, you know, he can probably deliver in that uh, short amount of time. Um and then we have uh, Dennis Schroeder going to Boston for $5.9 million. Oh, no. Oh, no, man. Um, yeah, um, Schroeder was expecting to have $100 million. And, you know, like, like LeBron. Like, you can't out-contract LeBron. Like, you know, you know you can't. So, like... Uh, it's hard for you know and you know he's he was trying to get uh big uh, you know bigger offers at least smaller offers like around around what Dinwiddie was trying to make like you know Dinwiddie uh had like what 68 million for four years um so his guys I think he was trying to get that same kind of offer but 5.9 million for a year oh my god jesus like uh, even in boston and you know boston they're already a very small team and you know if uh they need like a actually they don't have a starting point guard right now so maybe um you know dennis schroeder can be their starting point guard i have no clue i have no clue what they want to do but you know like he got, you know, they got him for cheap. Like, you know, Dennis Schroeder is, you know, for the amount of uh, millions that he was uh, expecting to get. Like, 5.9 million is pretty cheap. But it's okay. It's still 5.9 million. It's better than, you know, not getting signed with a team or, you know, signing for a minimum. Um, it's pretty much, um, you know, the if that was the best he could got, you know, at least he could got it uh like uh this person uh Udonis haslam has re-signed with the miami heat for one more year uh again a veteran minimum contract as well uh Udonis haslam played for one game last season with miami and you know it was a very memorable one uh you know he he, he checks in in the game you know one minute later he gets ejected like you know just Udonis haslam stuff like you know it's not it's nothing new with him like it's fine like i don't need to you know i i just i want uh i want Udonis haslam to be there for uh you know the heart of the team you know you know just become the heart of the team you know uh the energy that he gives that he brings uh Spolstra, i think talked about it after that game you know uh, he wants that for his guys, the energy that Udonis Haslam brings. Tech, uh, hopefully not uh, technical fouls or anything, you know, like, 
you know, get ejected one minute to the game. You know, we don't want that energy, but you know, the energy that he brings to the team is something that uh, Spolster wants for the team, and I'm glad that you know, even though it might be for one game, it might be only for one game. That doesn't matter. At least you know, at least Udonis Haslam is on the team. Uh, lastly, uh, before we went on, uh, Tanasis Atentacumpo has re-signed with the Milwaukee Bucks for two years, and you know, at least, at least that's good. I think that's good for Tanasis. Uh, he's gonna be with Giannis again next season, at least for two seasons. Um, and that's good. That's good for him. It's more development from him, and he can learn a lot with Milwaukee. And yeah, that's all for NBA updates this week. At least you know since Tuesday. Uh, and we're gonna do our first NBA match of the week. Summer League is in the works. It's still it's still going on as we speak, but oh my goodness, there was a big game last Wednesday morning in Philippine time. The Houston Rockets and Jalen Green won against Cade Cunningham and the De- Detroit Pistons 111 to 91. And Jalen Green led the team with 25 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. While Cade Cunningham led for Detroit, 20 points, 4 rebounds, 3 steals, but 7 7 fouls. And, you know, you have to credit uh, the Houston defense for that. Uh, Houston continued to uh, pressure Detroit this whole game. and they really shut down their uh, key offensive, uh, key offensive, um, you know, producers in uh, Killian Hayes, who only had six points this game, and Sadiq Bay, even though he had uh, Sadiq, even though Sadiq Bay had twelve points, he also had one of six from three. And you know it. They really needed uh, that production from both men to uh, possibly win this game. And they got blown out by the Houston Rockets. Um, the production came from, uh, of course, Cade, who had 20 points. Uh, Tyler Cook, uh, he only had 6 points, but he was very consistent. A 3-4 from the field. Uh, but the two bench players for the Detroit Pistons... Uh, were the consistent force for Detroit, uh, namely Saban Lee, who had 13 points, and Luca Garza, who had 15 points. Um, yeah, uh, Houston, even yeah, they were really uh, on fire on both ends of the court. Uh, KJ Martin uh, had uh, three steals, but they also had 16 points to his box score. Uh, Josh Christopher uh, had 15 points and 7 assists. He really facilitated the offense for Houston on the offensive side on the court. And Kyrie Thomas also had 10 points. But the biggest surprise here is uh, their center, uh, Turkish sensation Alperen Sengun, uh, who was the MVP of the Turkish League. Uh... He was uh, wi- he is in Houston now, and he's being absolutely great in the summer league. Uh, and yeah, he filled up this box score uh, pretty well: twenty-one points, eight rebounds, four blocks, and no turnovers for Alperen Sengun. And yeah, like they really impressed. Um, they really imp- uh, Houston really impressed in this. A featured showdown between uh, Jalen and Cade uh, because uh, Jalen, of course, number two in the NBA draft, and Cade, number one in the NBA draft. So, yeah, this was a must-see match for anyone who 
anticipated that draft. And yeah, Houston got the better of this one. It, it was not because of Jalen solely. It was because the whole team was uh, in sync with offensively and defensively. And they were on fire for like, uh, you know, pretty much the whole game. Uh, and yeah, this is, uh, this is actually the second uh, win for uh, Houston uh, in the Summer League. Uh, they won against... I believe the Charlotte I forgot I forgot already hold on I believe they won against um uh, I checked it, it was uh, Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers uh, they won in the first game of uh, summer league uh, 84 to 76 so this is their second win um Detroit still trying to get their first win of the summer league uh, after this game uh, they lost to OKC 76-72 before this game and yeah um, uh, Houston finally lost today actually uh, they didn't have Jalen Green on the lineup and they lost against Toronto 76-92 uh, Detroit is tr gonna try and get their first win in the summer league against the New York Knicks tomorrow, and that's all for uh, NBA match with the week. Yeah. And now we go back to uh, trying to uh, trying to update you guys with free agency. Free agency. This is pretty much a part four of free agency now uh, this is the fourth episode me talking about free agency so uh there's like a couple of uh free agents that are left on free on the free agency pool uh i'll have uh, the top 20 the top five of each position i did uh there's only uh three people who hasn't been on contracts uh that is Lowry Markkinen, Avery Bradley, and DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, in uh, CBS Sports, uh, I picked out the top 10 of their free agency pool. Uh, and it goes something like this. Uh, number 1, Lowry Markkinen. Number 2, Josh Hart. Number 3, JJ Redick. Number 4, Denzel Valentine. Number 5, Wesley Matthews. 6, Paul Millsup. 7, Hamilu Giallo. 8, DeMarcus Cousins, 9, oh my god, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, uh, Sik Mikhailuk, <laughs> I don't know if that is right, <laughs> I don't know if that is right, but whatever, yeah, Sik Miljakuk, Sik what, I, I, I need to research how the hell to pronounce this name, apparently his, uh, his real, full name is Vyatoslav Mikhailuk, um, yeah, I wasn't even, um, pronouncing his first name wrong. I was saying sick. It was, it's V. It's V Mikhailik. And then number 10 is Isaiah Hardenstein. Um, yeah, I'm really confused why Lowry Markkinen is still not signed. Um, because there's a lot of teams that, um, really needed, uh, three-point shooting this season. Um, you know, I've they can really use a stretch forward like Laurie Markkinen uh, and space out the floor for their centers, you know. And, you know, Laurie, Laurie Markkinen is the guy. He's been improving. He is, uh, he didn't have the most uh, productive season. He only had 13.2 points per game, which is actually his lowest um, uh, points per game average for a season uh, in his four years in the NBA. Um, but um, he... Uh, he has uh, shot more efficiently than before. Uh, he he had his best shooting percentages in uh, pretty much ev uh, all of NBA, uh, of his entire NBA career with uh, 40% from three, which is actually his first time uh, hitting that 40%, and 58% um, from the two-point percentage, um, which is you know uh, really good for Lowry. Uh, so he has been... Uh, He's lowered his productivity, but he, he has um, he's become very efficient, uh, so to speak. So, uh, 
Chicago has been uh, trying to get him uh, in a more lower down role uh, in the bench. And apparently they want to start Patrick Williams over him. And, you know, Lowry, uh, he thought um, he could have more opportunities and he wants to go with outside Chicago now. Um, uh, he has been rumored in a lot of teams. Uh, there's been rumors of him going to Charlotte. Uh, there's also been rumors of him going to Dallas and uh, with the Kristaps Porzingis trade. If you know, if Chicago gets Kristaps, I mean, holy hell, yeah, that's a team. That's a team. Uh, even though Kristaps Porzingis isn't, um, uh, has been really bad uh, for. For Dallas, uh, especially since uh, he was supposed to be the second option for uh, Luka Doncic in Dallas, and that hasn't really been working out. Uh, there have been games that where, yeah, he was the second option in Dallas, but you know, there's uh, there's a lot more uh, non-second option and more than games, more you know, him being the second option. So uh, he hasn't really been that. Uh, uh, perf- uh, all-star in uh, New York, you know, that Dallas was, ex- Dallas was expecting uh, since Luka came. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, they're trying to trade uh, Chris Tapps for Zingas for Larry Markkinen. Yeah, I believe that's the rumor trade. But, yeah, I, I guess uh, I want to see where Larry Markkinen goes. Uh, he's probably going to be a bench player now. Um uh, but a good bench player in that, you know, he can still produce very efficiently on shooting, especially on shooting. Uh, number two is Josh Hart, which is actually pretty interesting. Uh, when you look at his stats, like, his not, it's not really that impressive. But, uh, you know, his defense is actually uh, the main uh, priority for uh, New Orleans. Uh, uh, Josh Hart has been very uh, has been improving ever since he got traded to New Orleans in that Anthony Davis deal, uh, and you know he's been he's been a good perimeter defender for New Orleans. Uh, he can't shoot the three, but they don't want to. Uh, I don't like how do I say this? Like I don't want him to take that you know that clutch shot on the tree even though he can do it I know he can like but uh, you know he's not like a sniper on the tree like you know he's not a very uh, efficient three-point shooter yeah that's what I'm trying to say yeah he's only got nine points last season actually but you know again he's uh, he's a really good perimeter defender and he really completes the backcourt of Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart for New Orleans. And yeah, like, you know, yeah, he's the second uh, best one for CBS. And, you know, uh, it has been, there's been rumors for uh, Josh Hart where he wants to, I, no, uh, New Orleans, not, not him. Uh, New Orleans want to include Josh Hart in the signing trade for Buddy Heald. Uh, it's actually really good for New Orleans if they uh, continue with that trade. Uh, they've been, you know, they've been, they've been wanting to have three-point shooters for a while. And, you know, um, Buddy Heald is a good uh, addition to that team. But, you know, it's, it's going to be a shame for Josh Hart because... Uh, you know, he he has been really improving. And, you know, if he goes to Sacramento, like, you know, it's a waste of his uh, potential as a really good perimeter defender in the NBA. So, yeah. Um, I also put uh, DeMarcus Cousins uh, on my top five per position because, yeah, uh, there, hasn't, there hasn't been a very good centers to choose, choose from, but... Uh, he. I know he's far from uh that All Star caliber uh point center that he was on uh Sacramento and New Orleans, but uh, he can still like he I he can still go like you know uh in the the Sunday series uh no not the Sunday series uh in the Jazz series 
uh, with uh, you know, like with him being the Clippers last season, uh, last pl- playoff run, he uh, he he really delivered with uh, those uh, minimal minutes that he got. Like, you know, he's not uh, he's not gonna be there for like what twenty two minutes that like he used to. Especially after that uh, ACL injury that he got, but uh, he can he can still like provide a lot of uh, a lot of points, a lot of uh, rebounds for the team. Uh, in that you know five to ten minutes that he is on the court, like he's not gonna be someone like Andre Drummond, uh, you know who, and uh, he can uh, he can still pass, he can still go like. He can still be a good shot blocker if you want to. Like he can still like. Uh, he's just still a, he's still a good bench player. He's still a good role player for a championship team. Uh, and I highlight that championship team because he's probably wanting to be on the championship team. He's he just wants a ring. Uh, he's been ring ring chasing ever since he left New Orleans. Uh, he didn't get that with Golden State. Uh, but yeah, like if uh, you know uh, they want uh, some bench depth, uh, you know, Demarcus Cousins is still there on the table, and he's gonna uh, he's gonna accept that minimal minimal contract if uh, if there is no choice. Like you know, you can uh, give him a minimum contract, and if you know if no teams uh, give him a better contract, then he will go to that team. Um, and basically, like. You know, be a huge contributor to their bench. Uh, I, I know, uh, I know, Avery Bradley is not in the top ten for CBS, but um, I put Avery Bradley on my top five because uh, I think Avery Bradley, if he want, if they want to, he can still go. Like, uh, you know, he had uh, sixteen point one points per game with Memphis back in 2018-2019 season, and uh, if you know he goes back to that production again, like he's not gonna be that um, uh, big defender that he was on Boston, but you know, only he only need to do is you know uh, be a decent defender for the team, for especially for their bench, you know, if if you know like they want freaking hell, hold on, yeah, sorry, there's a freaking cockroach in bed. So beds and like you know it won't let me go like jesus christ um oh jesus okay anyways um what where was i where was I? <laughs> yeah i guess uh, yeah i said you know he can uh, avery bradley can still be a great role player for uh a team that needs it you know um if um your star player wants uh wants uh, to take off some minutes, you know, you can put Avery Bradley there as a veteran uh, defender for in the court, and you know he's not that he's not that old actually. He's only thirty years old, believe it, believe it or not. It just he has been on teams that either doesn't want him or uh, doesn't want to play him. Uh, Lakers is a good example. Um, uh, Miami. Last season, uh, he got eventually got traded to the Houston Rockets, which you know, like Houston was a train wreck last season, um, and you know they needed to rebuild. So uh, um, Bradley obviously don't want to be in a rebuilding team. He wants to go. He wants to go and play in the playoffs. So you know he declined that player option, and so far nobody has um, got him unfortunately and there's like um there's like uh, uh people who are older than him that uh you know he can beat probably on you know on uh productivity level for the team like you know like JJ Reddick, uh, Paul Millsap, Wesley Matthews you know that are higher on him on the board so like you know, if someone gets Avery Bradley, that could be a steal for, uh, you know, the person that gets him, that gets it. Another player I want to highlight is Denzel Valentine, actually, and uh, Hamilu Jallo. 
uh, there are two uh, young, young, relatively young players. You know, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, in their thirties. That they're also not in their young twenties. Uh, but uh, they can be a, a bit of a provider for the team of what they want. Uh, Valentine has been, you know, he's a corner specialist. I, I, if you know, from what I remember of his play, he's pretty much a corner specialist for Chicago when he was on Chicago. And uh, Hamilu Giallo was having um having really good minutes with the OKC Thunder last season. So you know, like there are uh, there are um, if you know they don't i if they don't get Larry Markin and those like two uh young players you know relatively young players that uh a team can get um i actually made an article about this uh actual topic on forward forward is a filipino news outlet uh up and up and coming filipino news outlet and you know uh, i also I made this article for them where you know I look at who are the uh, who are the best um possible free agents for uh, that are left that are remaining and uh, it's in full Filipino which is uh you know if you want me to uh enhance uh, yeah basically enhance my Filipino Filipino skills and you know that is the article I will continue uh writing articles for them uh writing columns for them and you know it's going to be mostly about basketball probably esports related stuff too if i want to uh you know if i can you know because i i, I have esports knowledge but i don't want to um you know i don't have that much esports knowledge i guess you know but you know i can probably handle some stuff but some stuff given to me but yeah i'm gonna be uh writing uh, continuing to write articles for them and you know i'm excited i'm actually very excited for this opportunity because uh, this is my first time writing uh articles especially uh, particularly sports articles for uh you know news outlet so it's gonna be fun it's gonna be uh, exciting and i continue to look forward to it and that's all for the nba free agency uh you know like it's been fun like uh going at it for this uh the past two weeks and you know like it's been fun covering it like i had a lot of fun covering the nba offseason and it's not over actually uh it's not over if there's a big trade that happened i will talk about it on the podcast as an nba update and you know speaking of updates uh, it is time for uh it's time to talk about some wrestling updates. And we're here for some wrestling updates. And oh my word, there have been a lot of wrestling updates for the past two weeks. Uh, we didn't uh, we didn't cover a lot of wrestling updates since um july since we were focused about nba free agency but uh, yeah we're now uh, covering some wrestling updates of uh, where do i start where do i begin um yeah i guess i guess we gotta begin with wwe because um you know this they have actually the most to talk about for um for me you know for me personally so uh, first off, uh, Bray Wyatt has been released by the WWE along with uh, 12 NXT releases and also Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair actually asked for his release and um, yeah, Bray Wyatt was released by the company and 12 NXT releases. Uh, these NXT releases are as follows. Bronson Reed. Leon Ruff, Asher Hale, Ari Sterling, Jake Atlas, Bobby Fish, Kona Reeves, Stevon Smith, Tyler Rust, Giant Sanjir, and Mercedes Martinez. Oh my lord. Um, first off, uh, you know, Ric Flair, he asked for his release. I can't really say much about that. But, 
you know, a lot of his uh, four horsemen buddies are on AEW. And, you know, uh, he is particularly sad that he has not been a fond of how Charlotte has been booked in WWE. And, you know, how he has been booked, I guess, in WWE. Um, so, you know, um, there is a meme online where, you know, Randy Orton, every person he feuds last goes to AEW. You know, Christian, Matt Hardy, Big Show, Mark Henry, <laughs> and now Ric Flair. You know, <laughs> Riddle, you're next. <laughs> but, yeah, um... You know, yeah, if your last feud is Randy Orton, you you better watch out. You better watch out for your release. Bray Wyatt as well. But, yeah, uh, Ric Flair, he just wants some time off probably from WWE. Maybe go to AEW. Maybe, um, you know, just take some time off wrestling in general. But, you know, knowing Ric Flair, he'll probably come back. Uh, you know, maybe not in WWE, but in AEW probably. Uh, depends. Depends on, you know, what the old man does. He's, I mean, he's 71. Like, Jesus. But, yeah. Bray Wyatt, um, yeah, like, this sucks. Um, because, you know, he was just cleared to medically comp compete as well. Um, you've, he has been taking a sabbatical since, uh, the death of, uh, Brody Lee. You know, rest in peace. But, you know, like, man, man, this guy, like, you know, they really buried his character in the WWE, which sucks, you know, because he has a, he had a very interesting character, and he uh, redesigned his character to be the Fiend, and which, you know, uh, he, when he was uh, announced, you know, the Fiend was uh, first debuted, he was the hottest thing in the company, and they ruined it just almost immediately. With that Hell in a Cell match. And you know. Putting the Universal Championship on the guy. And you know. Uh, the Fiend gimmick is not exactly. You know. You can put. Uh, you know, you don't need to put the Championship on the Fiend gimmick. To get him over basically. Unlike you know. Unlike the Bray Wyatt character who. Desperate. Yeah. I guess he desperately needed that Championship. You know. When he won it back in 2017. Yeah, he desperately needed that for his character. And it sucks that, you know, it didn't last long. But, yeah, at least he got the WWE Championship. But, yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to be, uh, you know, WWE forever. Yeah, I thought he was going to be one of those guys who would be there forever. Uh, you know, maybe not in the ring, but maybe in the creative side. Uh, he... It could have been a really big like uh, contribution in WWE creative control, and you know you see it, you see it in you know his uh, creation of the Wyatt family and the Fiend, and yeah, like even the Firefly Funhouse, like you know the Firefly Funhouse was created by Bray Wyatt and produced by Bray Wyatt, and. Yeah, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought he would be a large part of the WWE creative. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit sooner than we thought because of the sabbatical that he needed to have. But, like, jeez, like, you know, that's a big bummer. And, you know, the thing with uh, Bray Wyatt is uh, I don't really see him anywhere else other than WWE that this character would work. Uh, you know, some people say AEW, but I don't think AEW will work with Bray Wyatt. Like, you know, Bray Wyatt will work with AEW fans. You know, that gimmick. I don't know. I don't know. The biggest, uh, the biggest company that I can think of is uh, Major League Wrestling. Uh, MLW, I believe they're doing some, some stuff with Dario Cueto now. Which, you know, if Bray Wyatt was on Lucha Underground, jeez, you know, if Lucha Underground was still um, open today, Jesus Louise, like, you know, that character would be perfect for Lucha Underground, you know, that character. If, you know, if he goes outside WWE, I would probably say Lucha Underground. But, you know, like, Jesus, like, I don't know where he's gonna go. 
Like, you know, I hope he goes somewhere because he's really talented, especially on the creative side of things. But, you know, he's really talented. Uh, as for uh, the NXT people, um, Bobby Fish uh, is another person that I thought would be in the WWE forever. I thought he would be a trainer for NXT after Undisputed Era. Um, it, and, you know, basically like that, he had this last match with Roderick Strong, which, you know, uh, it sucks that we won't get that Undisputed Era four-way match now. Um, especially with uh, Adam Cole, which we'll talk about later. And Bobby Fish getting released by the WWE. Um, Bronson Reed is another person that uh, feels like a shame. Um, because I believe it was... He was about to get called up in the main roster. Along with uh, Mercedes Martinez. I believe Mercedes Martinez was also getting called up. And, you know, it sucks. Uh, I really think that Bronson Reed would be great on Raw. Especially on Raw. Where, you know, like, they really need, you know, if Bronson Reed uh, replaces Braun Strowman on the card. Like, I wouldn't mind. But, you know, they released, like, both men. Which sucks. Um, and. Yeah. There a, a couple of people here. Are, again. Mercedes Martinez. And Jake Atlas. It really sucks. Mercedes Martinez. Especially. Uh, who I'm, I mean. She had concussion issues. Especially with the match. Against Xia Li. Uh, her last match. Against Xia Li. On NXT. Where she. Literally got knocked out. By a kick. Which is brutal. Amazing! It's amazing for Zia Lee, but brutal, Jesus! You know, she actually got knocked out. With you know, um, uh, Tyler Rust as well. Um, Tyler Rust was uh part of the Diamond Mine faction, which uh was supposed to be the head of the cruiserweight division uh on NXT, which was you know, it has been hampered. With you know a lot of um, releases, and you know they were trying to uh, rebrand this cruiserweight division with the Diamond Mine, and now you know they only have uh, uh, Hideko Suzuki and then um, uh, Roderick Strong on the faction. So I don't know where they're gonna go with it, because Tyler Rust was basically their future, and yeah. Now they don't have a future star in the Diamond Mine, which sucks. Uh, yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, talk about releases is tough because, you know, it's people getting fired. It's hard for, you know, to look at people getting fired, you know, especially if there's talented people on that roster. But, yeah, it. it didn't uh didn't fit with what they're gonna do with NXT. Um, first off, uh you know like changes. Uh, first off, Adam Cole, uh reportedly in talks with Vince McMahon. Uh, he was in the meeting with Vince McMahon when all of these releases come in. Like you know like that sucks. And also Pete Dunne's contract also expires in SummerSlam. Uh, as you know the same time Adam Cole. Adam Cole's contract expires. It's weird because both of them had a spectacular match at Survivor Series 2019 with the whole WWE, I no Raw SmackDown NXT thing. It's Survivor Series 2019. They had a spectacular match for the NXT Championship, and now their both of their contracts are expiring. And yeah, it. It, which is weird, you know. If you know they're trying to get re-signed with the changes to NXT, so uh, Vince McMahon wants to uh, revert back to what NXP, NXT was with Dusty Rhodes, in which you know uh, they want to develop young talent and that can be um, main event stars in the main roster, uh, you know. Uh, and there was a text message that was leaked to PW Insider. And Dave Meltzer was uh, wording, you know, on uh, the self uh, the text messages wording, 
no midgets, no people over 30, and, you know, could be main event stars in the future. Which is... Oh, uh, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot to talk about there. Like you know, uh, first off, Adam Cole is, uh, you know, is a quote unquote midget. You know, uh, there was a whole feud with him and Pat McAfee, in which you know Pat McAfee was calling him small, and you know, like he's a bit smaller than the guys on the main roster, as well as Pete Dunne, who you know is uh you know basically he's the browser wit he's literally it's literally on his brand where you know he is a small you know bruiser weight which is ridiculous yeah um oh man uh, yeah yeah i don't know what they're gonna do with nxt and you know nx triple h and Shawn michaels has been um uh well, initially, I was very mad when I saw uh, when I saw this um, uh, changes from uh, Vince McMahon, but basically, uh, they're trying to revert back to NXT uh, 2013. You know, with all you know, Seth Rollins, Big E, Bray Wyatt. You know, that first batch of NXT superstars. And yeah, yeah. Initially, I was mad uh, because NXT. Uh, NXT uh, has been my favorite promotion for uh, for like forever now. Like you know, since 2015, it it has been my favorite promotion to watch, and you know, uh, all of it because of uh, what Triple H has done for NXT. And you know, NXT, NXT for me was you know like uh, it is the combination of WWE and indie wrestling uh you know uh it's basically uh i saw something on instagram that that says you know quote unquote mini pwg and you know i don't uh, i don't mind it being mini pwg um yeah like jesus like um yeah it is a combination of wwe and the indies and it it was a combination of what AEW was doing, but AEW uh, was doing, you know, like shared universe, and there's like, you know, uh, NXT is basically uh, in the wrestling style, like, you know, uh, it's basically a shared universe with WWE and the indie scene, and yeah, it was really good, like, 2018 and 2019 NXT were the best, uh, you know, undisputed, the best, uh, from war game from the first war games uh pay-per-view which was uh undisputed era versus Rodic strong and others of pain versus sanity f- until uh takeover portland last year you know basically up until the pandemic happened nxt was the best it was my favorite um uh, 2016 NXT was really good as well, you know, with Shinsuke at Nakamura at the top. But you know, 2018 to 2020 was amazing. Like I don't think you know, I don't think they'll top that. Uh, but they'll definitely not top that now because of the changes that they want. But man, you know, it sucks for Triple H and Shawn Michaels. You know, I can really feel for them because they have uh, tried building nxt to uh what it is now which is basically like a promotion like you know the the, uh blurred lines of wwe and the indie scene now is nxt and i don't know what's gonna happen to their roster because a lot of their roster are over 30 and cruiserweight you know yeah there's a whole division that Vince McMahon basically plundered. And, you know, they were trying to build it up again with Kushida and the Diamond Mine and Bobby Fish. And then, you know, and you took it away from them again. Basically, just dissolve the Cruiserweight Championship. Like, uh, it was not, uh, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, he was not uh, good with the Cruiserweight division to begin with you know he doesn't like the cruiserweight division to begin with 
and I think uh, the 205, uh, the Cruiserweight Classic was, uh, man, uh, it's like a dream now, you know, where, you know, that Cruiserweight Classic was the best, like, you know, the best, one of the best tournaments uh, WWE has done, and Triple H made that. Uh, I believe Triple H made that Cruiserweight Classic, and yeah, now uh, now they're trying to take away that cruiserweight division, and they specifically said no midgets and like a lot of NXT roster are cruiserweight. Uh, even their main event scene: uh, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Timothy Thatcher, uh, MS. I guess on on an extent, MSK, Cameron Grimes as well, Adam Cole, Pete Dunne. Like you know, like you know, the list goes on and on of. Of them having the main event scene that is purely cruiserweight, you know, Kyle O'Reilly is also cruiserweight, and they're trying to build him up to be the top star of NXT. Oh man, like you know, it's gonna be sad seeing NXT Takeover Thirty Six now, you know, at least now, because that will be uh, basically the end of Triple H's version of NXT which has been going since 2014 up until 2021 which basically seven years of what Triple H has envisioned NXT should be and we're going back to that uh, Dusty Rhodes version which I mean uh, the Dusty Rhodes version of NXT is not bad you know there were there were really good matches on uh, NXT like around 2012 to 2014 when they rebranded to the NXT that is today. You know like uh, Dusty Rhodes rest in peace on his soul. But you know like it was purely developmental and uh, it uh, flourished a lot of uh, really good stars uh, that you see on WWE today. Um, Roman Reigns, John Mosk. Moxley, even uh, the White family, when uh, you know the White family was still in WWE, uh, Big E as well, Xavier Woods, um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn as well. You know, a part of that developmental portion of NXT, uh, Finn Balor as well. Uh, it was basically like you know that. Uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura signing uh, in 2016, where you uh, no no no, it's actually a takeover Brooklyn, uh, the first one where you know they got Jushin Thunder Liger as you know for an appearance in NXT. You know it, that was really when NXT was trying to become like this, uh, you know like quote unquote mini PWG now. You know, they're trying to uh, revitalize what NXT could be. You know, that first signings of uh, Nakamura, uh, Austin Aries, Samoa Joe. And uh, it, I don't uh, I don't want to include Hideo Tommy, uh, Kenta there. Because, uh, you know, that is still purely developmental brand when he signed. But yeah, uh, it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be sad seeing NXT TakeOver 36 now. But I've enjoyed Triple H's run, you know, in NXT, uh, you know, as that, uh, you know, what the envision basically WWE could be. And, you know, I I look forward to, I still look forward to what WWE will do as you know nxt would do as a developmental brand because you know there's could still be a lot of good matches that can be done there it's not as um you know on par with you know the gargano champa rivalry or you know anything with the undisputed era but you know they could still build a developmental system Wherein, you know, they can really make some main event stars there. And, you know, it will push WWE to sign a lot more uh, developmental people. Like, like you know, uh, young 20s that uh, can uh, be main eventers uh, in the future. And, you know, 
And uh, AEW has uh, ha- actually had like a lot of uh, young stars that you know they've recruited, uh, they've signed, and you know WWE is gonna be on the way to signing those uh, you know those young stars that are left on the indie scene. So you know it's gonna be a bidding war against young stars, and and yeah, can't wait to see that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot to take in. Um, where do we go next? Um, uh, the TJPW Princess Cup Final Four is now uh, going to be uh, tomorrow. And uh, on Sunday, uh, as long as you know uh, it hasn't been canceled, like stardom shows tomorrow and on the 15th are canceled. But uh, TJ... Uh, yeah, t- we're going to talk about stardom later. Uh, but TJPW Princess Cup Final Four. It'll be Mizuki versus Maki Ito. And Shoko Nakajima versus Mi Watanabe. With the finals being on August 15th. Um, I thought it was going to be Maki Ito's time. Yeah, I predicted Maki Ito to win the whole tournament. But yeah. Uh, she had the face injury with uh, when she had that quarterfinal match against Suzume. But... And she hasn't beaten Mizuki at all. Uh, in the whole promotion, he has, she hasn't beaten Mizuki once. And yeah, I really wanted to see that on this tournament. But I think we're going to wait a little bit longer. Uh, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, if, you know, Makita wins, you know, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Like, you know, that's five years of story, you know. Just in after to finally beat Mizuki, and then probably lose to Shoko at the final. <laughs> yeah, that is probably gonna happen. I don't know. I don't know with Maki Ito, man. Like you know, her booking has been, you know, she loses a lot, which sucks. Uh, it sucks to be a fan of Maki Ito. You know, finally getting that, uh, you know, a main event picture, and then you know just lose. <laughs> But anyways, you know, I'm excited to see who goes to Wrestle Princess to face Mia Yamashita for uh for the championship. Um Stardom, uh five star Grand Prix updates. Uh Star uh has cancelled both August fourteen and August fifteen shows because of uh the situation in Japan with COVID nineteen. Um and uh they have also announced that they have uh, they're gonna have dark matches in uh, the MetLife Dome show of uh, Wrestle Grand Slam and the MetLife Dome uh, the NJPW uh, show on August uh, no, not August September 4 and September 5 they're gonna have dark matches which sucks that it's dark matches because yeah um, yeah we won't see that we won't see that on Stardom World or on NGPW shows because of the TV deals that uh, NGPW and Stardom has. Uh, NGPW is on TV Asahi, and uh, Stardom is on NTV. And you know they don't really have, uh, they can't figure out a deal on you know who will show these shows, which sucks, honestly. But can cover MetLife Dome anyway, so yeah. Um. Currently, the five-star Grand Prix standings. Uh, Blue stars. The standings is Tam Nakano and Mika on top with six points, with uh, Utami, Kamitani, and uh, Unagi and Shuri with four, Konami and Azumi with two. Ruaka hasn't. Uh, oh God. Okay, there you go. Sorry. Uh, my my laptop froze a bit, so like I was scared. But anyways, uh, Ruaka has zero points, and Takumi Roha hasn't gotten a match yet. Uh, for the Red Stars, Starlight Kid is on top with five points. Uh, she had she has five points because uh, she uh, uh, Starlight Kid and Natsu Boy had a draw on August eighth. Uh, I wish I wish I could see that match, but you know, uh, it's on a paywall, so it sucks. Uh yeah, Starlight Kid with five points, Minishirakawa with Ani uh, and Julia with four, 
Natsupoi with 3, Saki Kashima, Koguma, and Momobi with 2. Uh, Himek Hi Himeka hasn't had a match yet, and Fukigen that with 0. Uh, for, uh, you gotta watch um, Day 1 and Day 2 of the 5 Star Grand Prix. Uh, and because there was only like one match, you know, uh, the free match that they had on day one, which was, uh, Mina Shirakawa versus Fukigen, that, uh, that is, that was bad, um, you know, but that has only been the only bad match in that day one T2 five-star Grand Prix. And, you know, like every match, especially day one, like every match just got better and better and better. Until we get to the main event where, you know, Ut Micah finally beating Utami with Michinogu Driver 2. Like, oh my god, that, that day one was amazing. That day one was uh, one of the best uh, watches I've had of a pay-per-view this whole year. So, if you want to... If, uh, if you want to uh, get introduced with Stardom... Uh, watch a uh, five-star Grand Prix day one because that was amazing. Um, my computer is freezing again. Hold on, my computer is freezing again. Never mind, it's probably just uh, uh, Audacity that is freezing. Um, but it's probably because of you know I have my Notepad um on the other side and also Chrome uh, because I'm processing the audio of uh this uh, this episode as well so anyway so finally we're gonna uh, talk about uh njpw resurgence card which will be tomorrow uh it will happen tomorrow on los angeles with the main event being uh lance archer versus hiroshi tanahashi for the iwgp united states championship uh and you know the rest of the card goes as follows: uh, Alex Coughlin versus Carl Fredericks, Brody King, Chris Dickinson, Leo Rush, Fred Yehi, and Yuya U Uemura will take on Team Filthy, which is Tom Lawler, Danny Limelight, Jr. Kratos, Royce Isaacs, and Jorel Jor Nelson. Uh, Six-man tag action: Rocky Romero, Fred Roser, and Wheeler Yuta will go off. We'll go against TJP, Renarita, and Clark Connors. One-on-one uh, -on -one matchup, Tomohiro Ishii versus Impact's Moose. The Good Brothers, uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, will take on John Moxley and a mystery partner. Uh, and the semi-main of the card is Jay White versus David Finlay for the Never Openweight Championship. And yeah, that is basically that is basically it for this episode. Like you know, I won't cover NJPW Resurgence, uh, but yeah, I just uh, I just uh, announced the card because um, it is something that is uh, if you want to watch NJPW Resurgence, you, uh, that is the card that is on the show. But again, we're gonna I, uh, this is gonna be the end of the episode. Um, Next week, there's only one episode next week. We're going a bit off topic next week. Uh, uh, that will be, um, you know, that will be fun. And um, I'm going to put my predictions for SummerSlam and TakeOver 37. Yeah, again, again, there's only one episode next week. That will be on Tuesday. So uh, this has been the Day Day Podcast, and I'll see you all on Tuesday. Peace.